I left the city, I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 197 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Dad FF. And, you know, tonight's show, you know, we, we, we didn't do our normal Tuesday. Wednesday's normally date night, but it's like, yo, Snoop, we got to talk about some of these injuries. We got to talk about it. It's almost playoffs, man. We got two more weeks and I can't tell you how many DMs I've gotten in the last two days. I mean, it's, it's, close to 300 of people like, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? How do I get into this area? How do I replace Jonathan Taylor? How do I replace that? We got you covered tonight. So without further ado, Snoog, you know, we get this huge injury news on Jonathan Taylor and that mm-hmm. didn't come out till, you know, we did the, I, my, my rankings on Monday. Now all of a sudden we see that he has surgery. So what's your instant reaction as a dynasty manager, not looking at the injury, just looking at, okay, playoffs are right around the corner. How am I going to go about this? I hope you have Zach Moss because Zach Moss is about to have a crazy three stretch game and, and make you ball out in those playoffs. But and that's what we talk about all the time, right? Is is mm-hmm. having that backup, having those insurance running backs, and even the next guy up. Exactly. And Zach Moss, when he was available, was insane. And the key is that who cares about backup running backs? The good backups is who we care about, like the Tyler mm-hmm. Algiers, the Zach Mosses, the guys that are playing still while those good running backs are healthy, like not like a Dave Montgomery because he's like basically a one A one B with Gibbs, but like the, like those like the Madison when Dalvin went down back in the mm. day, like those type of backups. Like we don't care about Latavius Murray if James Cook's injured. Like we care about the premium backups, but everyone views these backups as backups. The Jalen Warrens of the world, like these are the guys that you guys gotta buy before the season, stash them, and then once that crunch time comes, you never know. Injuries to the running back position come a lot. So if you have all these stud running backs on hands, now you have leverage to leverage those players and get very good quality picks for them. So, Dad, it's the, it's the season. I mean, myself included, I've already been getting pretty much shafted of value. I had to give up Stroud, or I had to give up Burrow in a second for Stroud yeah. in the league where I literally had to start Tommy DeVito with Justin Herbert. So you got to make these moves. It's time to bite the bullet. If you're a serious top three contender and your team's stacked, Bite the boat. I traded Burrow in like three leagues this week. Trade him for Kyler plus. Yeah. Traded him plus four Stroud. I know that sounds weird to say, but you got to make those moves to stay a top competitor. I love that. We talk about those, and we're going to talk a lot about, you know, how to make those kind of moves in a little bit. But I want to talk, because I got a piece coming out tomorrow, really talking about these, these running back stashes. And you and I have been talking about them all year. Warren was one of them. He popped off. You know, Zach Moss was a guy that we talked about early in season. Now I want to talk real quick about a couple of guys here where it's like, every year we get down to week 15 and 16. And that's why I love dynasty construction, because it's like, dude, I got A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, Jalen Waddle and Chris Olave. I don't care about my running backs. I have like 19 of these guys, you know, and my favorite yeah. rosters are the ones that are like this, where I have like Alvin Kamara. And then I have just all of these, these guys that we've been talking about. Some of these stashes that I'm, I'm interested in starting to put on the back end of my roster. One that I claimed everywhere this week is Ernest Johnson. So Ernest Johnson, you know, we wanted Tank Bigsby to be that guy behind Travis Etienne. But Johnson's shown some flashes these last couple weeks. You know, he looked good when he was in Cleveland. I always liked what he was doing there. Saw some action the last two weeks, eight touches both weeks, each week with a 30-plus yard reception. 
And I think what we look at is you want to have that sexy roster. You want to have Christian McCaffrey. You want to have Kyron Williams. You want to have Saquon Barkley. You want to have, you know, Brees Hall, all these guys. But it's the Dernis Johnson guy that, you know, go if ATN were, were to go down, who could post RB2 numbers and save your season? Exactly. Yeah. And he's been playing a little too much lately. I hope it's because ETN's battling through an injury or something. But man, that Jags run game has just been horrific. That offensive line has struggled in pass protection and in the run game all season long. Mm-hmm. Travis ETN's going to get a little bit of lenience though moving forward with, with some easier matchups. And, and I'm looking forward to that. We thought the Houston matchup was, was an easy one, but Mm-hmm. And Travis Etienne was a touchdown away from having a 20-point game, and he got absolutely smoked on the goal line by like four Houston defenders at half. So mm-hmm. it looks like the Jags are still leaning on Etienne as a workhorse running back. They're still giving him the ball regardless of it's not working. They're feeding him, feeding him, trying to get him in a rhythm. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit hard to get in a rhythm when you're getting tackled. They're hitting the backfield every time you touch the ball, but the receiving volume's there as well. So he goes down with an injury. Dearness Johnson's just going to be a guy that comes in in that same bell cow type role. Maybe you see a little Bigsby sprinkled in, but Johnson's mm-hmm. a great guy, and he's probably on the waivers and a lot of dynasty rosters. So. I claimed him in like seven yeah, today. I did, you know, I, there's a bunch of him on, on my waivers. I just went through and put all my fab on yeah. him. A couple other guys that I really just want to touch base on. We don't need to talk about a lot, but Kenneth Gainwell, you know, the number one rushing offense. He has Jalen Hurts' trust. We've seen him in the past, you know, even week one as as – like recent as week one, he's flashed some RB2 type numbers. Tajay Spears has a juicy rest of schedule slate. Uh, he's just big play upside. Antonio Gibson, you know, 33 receptions on the season, got that rushing average up to 4.4 yards per carry. He's another guy to stash. Rico Dowdle, you know, another big time offense. Not a great name, but a big time offense. Tyler Algier, again, has had seven carries in every single game. Juicy, juicy matchup the rest of the way. We love what we've seen from Bijan the last couple of weeks of usage. But again, a nice stash would be Algier. And the last one I have is kind of interesting, and you might hate me for it, but it's it's Miles Sanders. So it was Chuba Hubbard, but now we get into that front office that paid him. The coaching staff changed. Things might switch a little bit. You know, they might start giving him a little bit of carries there. But, you know, those, those diamonds in the rough, they're going to be hard to find. We just advocate stashing these kind of guys. You know, and it's it, it really just changes how you play the game. It changes what you're able to do in the playoffs with that kind of, you know, flexibility. So let's get in on the, the JT injury, right? So my man, I absolutely love his content uh, at, at Sports Media. Um, it's Deepak Chona. I hope I pronounced that correctly. But he said, Jonathan Taylor, the average for this injury that he has is a five-week return to injury. He's highly skeptical of what they say is that two- to three-week timeline that Jim Irsay has been putting out there. And data suggests a quick return from, pre- from pre-injury production. So once he comes back, he will be fine. But he's thinking it's more like four or five weeks rather than two to three weeks. And you need him now. You know, like you need Jonathan Taylor here for these last two weeks. We all looked at it. Buy Mageddon is this week and next week. You know, everybody's like, ah, I don't pay attention to buys. It's rough right now. I mean, it is really rough. And Jonathan Taylor's been playing well. If you look at the last, uh, let's see, last three weeks, he is right now the RB5. He's coming off back-to-back games where he put up two touchdowns. So, Snook, I got to look first at, I know you and I talk about this a lot. Like as soon as Jonathan Taylor injury came, came out, I went and I looked at every contender and I said, yo, who has Jonathan Taylor? What can I get him for at a discount? You know, like offering Javante Williams for, for Jonathan Taylor, offering Kenneth Walker, offering Rashad White, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, any of those guys that aren't Jameer Gibbs and Bijan Robinson. I'm like, 
and Christian McCaffrey. Here's the guys that I'm willing to give you to kind of go into that area. I love doing that on rebuilds, you know, trying to pick those guys up at 50 cents on the dollar, trying to move yourself into an area where you can get a guy who's not going to score any points. And on the flip side, you're a contender. What are you trying to do with Jonathan Taylor? I mean, are you worried about if it's two weeks and you're, you're in a buy team or you're going to make the playoffs? It's not a big deal. If it's three, okay, you miss him week one. If it's four, you miss him week two of the playoffs. If it's five, you don't even have Jonathan Taylor for the rest of the playoffs. So he does you no good. So how do you go about with this news? I'm trying to trade him in all the leagues that I Same. need, that I need players. Um, it's and how do you, I know that's your mentality in mind because everybody's like, well, I don't want to lose value, right? Like, oh man, Jonathan Taylor's worth at least a late first more than Rashad White. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not going to get it, right? Like there, there's a cost of doing business this time of year. The only way that I'll be able to sleep at night trading Jonathan Taylor for less like market value is if I'm getting like a like an Alvin Kamara or like a high level vet that's going to produce at top three, top five numbers. Mm-hmm. It's tough to trade a player though when they just get injured. Even if they were just he was just starting to heat up and like everyone was starting to come around back yeah. on him. Like he's still he's my dynasty RB six. I have him right behind ETN and Brees Hall, five mm-hmm. and four. I think he's gonna be a great player. He's he got that contract that we are looking for, but I'm just worried about this injury. And it's it's we we waited on him all year. We finally started to get what four to five, six games of like a decent stretch, and now he's gone again. And he's gone for the most important important part of the season. Redraft leagues, he busted you. It's that simple. Yeah. Dynasty leagues, I would look to if you do not get dynasty at least the RB seven eight ish value. I would hold him and move out elsewhere. I'd move picks. Let's I'd talk move about some trades. For like, a, like a cheap veteran. Yeah, let's spitball on a couple here because I want to yeah. talk about, you know, some guys that, you know, a, a lot of times, I mean, I want to look at Rashad White first right now. Right now he's RB5 over the last month. You know, over the last six games, he's RB1. You look mm-hmm. at a guy like him now, obviously not the same talent as Jonathan Taylor, but if I come to you right now, you have Jonathan Taylor and you want to win Rashad White and a 24 second. Or Jonathan Taylor? I'd keep JT. I just think he's way, way, way safer and way better as a player, even though I love Rashad White. He was such a good value. He's and not even I, close to Jonathan Taylor. So it's What like, I try to do with those is like, okay, I'm, I'm just trying to work through this with you because this is how the negotiation starts, right? You say, hey, man, Jonathan Taylor is worth more than this. And I'm like, all right, well, I don't, I really don't like, you know, my, my flex play. Why don't we do Kyron Williams and Rashad White for Jonathan Taylor and my – you know, 24 second. Now you get an area where you get two running backs. When you do these, you have to make sure you're winning, right? If you're going to lose value, because let's be honest, if you're trading Jonathan Taylor right now, you're not getting more than 80%, 80 cents on a dollar. Yeah. You're not going to get hundred percent value, but if you're making those kind of moves, what about Ramondre Stevenson in a second? Still going JT. Let's go Austin Eckler in a second. I'd still go JT. Oh, we're still, we're getting, we getting closer yet. Yeah. Definitely. All right. What about see? And that's the tricky part because nobody's going to trade you the the young upside guys. They're not going to do that. You say Alvin Kamara in a second, you'd do it. If I'm like literally like the one seed or like the two seed with a buy, and I need a running back, like I got nothing else, then I would do it. All right. So that's this probably is the like the, that's probably the line. And that's probably I think he's like my dynasty RB twelve or eleven. That's probably the cheapest I would go. Yeah, and right now. 
I'm going to pull up mine there, but I mean, I think, I think we got to look at it from a standpoint of JT's value is going to bounce back for sure. You know, when yeah. you're, when you're buying these guys, when you're buying the Joe Burrows, you're buying the Mark Andrews, you're buying, uh, you know, Jonathan Taylor, these guys values are like immediate bounce backs, right? Like as yeah. soon as they're back on the field. So this is why if you're not in contention, if you're the seven seed and you'll start looking at things like, Oh, well the six seed, I'm 200 points behind him. So I can't get lock up that last spot or you do those things. These are the kind of moves where you don't have to be rebuilding to buy Jonathan Taylor. You can be just right in that spot, paying 80 cents on a dollar. And I'm trying to pull up my, my running back rankings here is like, I'm in agreement with you. I have him as my RB five. I still have him above ETN. If someone offer you a chain straight up. I'd take JT. You're making it difficult on me here. I'm making it difficult. So you're, you're, you're going, it has to be, Man, it has to be Alvin Kamara for you, basically. Then in that situation, and that's that's the tricky and part. Plus, and the plus, it's tough. It's I hate biting value like that on a player that's considered an elite asset at the position. Right. What I ended up doing right now is is I have I have two shares. In both of them, I offered my 24 one and two second on top of Jonathan Taylor for Gibbs and Bijan because mm. the guys that have Gibbs and Bijan, neither of them are in contention. So for me, I'm like, hey, man. You, you shave the points, you get the picks, you have a scenario here where you're getting a, a still young elite running back. I think Jonathan Taylor is right in that area. That fits the mold. Is that a move that you're comfortable making? I mean, what about, you know, can you add Jonathan Taylor plus to get Christian McCaffrey? Would you give a first and a second to get Gibbs or 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 Bijan in that particular scenario? I would much rather do something like that than tear down to a running back that might not even have a job in two, three years. That's what matters. The running back position is so like like frail that like mm. there's like five to six guys like the Camaras, the Dalvin Cooks, like CMC Eckler, Henry, and then like Aaron Jones, those guys, mm. and like Mixon kind of gave us like those like five to six years yeah. of them being. I think, like play I think we're out of that. With the guys that I'm looking at here, you look at like tier four, tier five. It's like a matter of. What I'm trying to look at is no, I'm just I, know. To... I just mean like when they were in their prime. Oh like yeah, Zeke. Now we have like Bijan, Brees, Hall, mm-hmm. Gibbs, JT, ETN, and like CMC, and then it's like, ooh. I think I'm trying to. I would be comfortable if I could get like Derrick Henry in a first. I would be comfortable if I could get David Montgomery in a first. I'd be comfortable yeah. even with as crazy as it sounds, maybe Jalen Warren or Isaiah Pacheco for in a first. Jalen Warren has been playing out of his mind. You know, right now he's been the RB4 over the last month. And I'm getting some some Tony Pollard-type vibes from Jalen Warren, like a guy that is in that platoon role. You see him grow one year. Then he almost take you know takes over that 1A role and could be a guy that, you know, really starts to move up some draft Nigy boards. too, though. Najee's looked really good. He's been way more efficient the past, like, eight games. I think all it took was Canada to be gone. The run plays they were calling were so bad. Everything was out of, like, under center. Mm-hmm. I think sure. they're going to be a much better team in general offense as well. I think they're going to run the ball more. And I think Najee and Warren are both going to be great. And like that one, two punch, they seem to cater Najee in the goal line area, which is mm-hmm. still tough for Warren, but Warren's still a guy that's going to get like three or four screen passes a game. Like, and then he just gets a ton of yards. So mm-hmm. I, I could tell you're depressed about Jonathan Taylor. Let's switch over to Zach Moss. <laughs> so Zach Moss without Jonathan Taylor week one, 18 for 88 and a touchdown. Also, you know, a couple receptions, four receptions in there. Week two, 30 for 122. Week three, 18 for 70. Week four, 
23 for 165. I mean, like you look yeah. at what he was able to do. He finished his RB10, RB5, RB2, RB7, RB20, 22. I mean, like, and even once JT came back, he had a couple games there where he was in that fringe RB, RB2 area. And then you look at what he was doing. I mean, he was doing it over four yards per carry. He had, he's got six touchdowns on the year. He's RB22. This is the interesting one. This is the one where, you know, in February, I said, stash him on the back end of your rosters. We don't know what's happening with the Jonathan Taylor situation. Boom. It happened. Now Zach Moss is a guy that is going to either get you into the playoffs or help you win round two, one, and maybe round two. I was talking about this with John in the back, and he goes, hey, you know, you think you can get Zach Moss for a pair of early threes? I said, no. I said, that's that's what we were talking about as soon as Jonathan Taylor came back. Yeah. Then I had another guy reach out. He's like, you think you can get him for a late 25, 24 second? No, I think this is going to cost you a mid 24 second to get Zach Moss. And if you're in contention, you know, and you had Jonathan Taylor, you could tell Snoogs was not thrilled with any of those trade offers I was throwing out there. You know, like I'm always just trying to come up with things, but I mean, would you give a mid 24 second to get Zach Moss to fill in there? And then you have both Moss and Taylor for the stretch run. Whew. Um, I actually seen Zach Moss get traded twice today already. I saw him go for a 24 second and I saw him go for three thirds. Ooh, that's just way too cheap. I'm kind of just viewing him as like a rental guy, honestly, Mm -hmm. but it's like, that's like someone I would rather go get Moss for like a late second and a couple or like a couple thirds than trade JT for like 50 cents on the dollar. Mm -hmm. Like I'd rather make a move or go get like a Mostert, like those cheap high performing running backs that probably won't be in the league or have a role in a year or two. But I think the trickiest part is they're not on anybody's rosters, right? Like right now you're looking at it in most dynasty leagues, you have the three guys at the top. Like we teach all the time where you and I are, you know, we're, we're set, right? Then that four five and six, they're kind of fighting in there. Seven and eight are usually fighting for those last two playoff spots. This time of year becomes difficult because you can really only look at the 9, 10, 11, and 12 and be like, what can I get off yeah, those rosters? They have leverage now. Now they and don't want to sell you anyone because they're the, trying to push for the ship. So you got to find those contenders exactly. that are those rebuilders that just got like the four, five last spot, fourth but and the, fifth. The trickiest part with those guys right now is they're all collapsing for Caleb, right? So they're all – you look at those rosters right now, and the 11 and 12 seeds in all my leagues are some of the worst dynasty rosters I have ever seen in my entire life. It's like, oh, there's no way yeah. that team's going to be relevant for a while. So they don't have Raheem Mostert. You know, they don't have Jalen Warren. They might have like a Tajay Spears. They might have a Zach Charbonnet. You know, they might have somebody like that. But those guys are probably already gone. I mean, if you can go out there and you can get a late second for, you know, and get yourself the days of Kyron Williams getting for a second are gone, but you can get Jerome Ford still. Mm-hmm. You can get James Conner, you know, not, not sexy. Kyron Williams, we have to talk about. Because there was a point I've been saying while he was injured to buy him for a second because he's going to come back. And Snoog, I mean, like, we didn't love him in the draft process, right? And then we see what he does week one, week two, week three. Now he comes back and the dude puts up 38 fantasy points. He is the RB2 on the year in a points per game basis. So everyone's asking like, hey, I got a late first sitting around. Would you pay it for Kyron Williams? And my answer has been yes. I would pay a late first for Kyron Williams right now because you're looking at a guy that is, you know, 35 fantasy points in his first game back. He's an RB1 the rest of the way. As long as he's healthy, he's there. And I know we've talked about in the past, they they have their guys, 
but I'm paying a first for Kyron Williams. I, I have no problem right now. I'd prefer it to be a 25, and if I know it's 11 and 12, I'm fine, but I would much rather have Kyron Williams on my team and have a legit chance to win the championship than to try to start Alexander Madison and choke. I just get nervous with him because the Rams are always a team that ends up drafting a running back and like relying on that. And Kyron's career has been kind of banged up a lot. He's a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. But I mean, damn, that guy's putting up crazy points right now. And I I liked him in college. And then like once he ran the 40 time, I was like, all right, I want nothing to do with this guy. Everyone kind of faded him, but I had a ton of shares of him. And I ended up like, I think I had like eight or nine shares going into this this season. Like I have a screenshot of like my roster planet, like my dynasty planet roster ship. And I didn't have a, I don't have a single share now because I just dropped him or traded him. He was like a throwing guy for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like those type of guys look at the running back room before the season and be like, this, this running back room is gloomy. This guy's injury prone. Cam Akers always gets hurt. Does Kyron have a role? And he had the clear path. Soon as Cam Akers went down and got traded, Kyron's show so I'm nervous that they're going to draft somebody long term so I try not to give up a first but like if you could do like two seconds and it's going to put you over the top and you're going to get 20 fantasy points a game from him then do it another guy right now we're looking at you know probably going to miss week 13 probably comes back week 14 is Kenneth Walker so if if the guy that had Jonathan Taylor you can get Kenneth Walker in a second how are we looking on that I'd be good with that. You'd be good with that. That's kind of that area. I think he's back. The line I draw, though. I think he's he's my RB, probably seven or eight. I bounce back and forth between him and Achain. I mean, they're both wicked injury prone somehow, but they're both great players. So, what I've been doing is is trying to tell everybody this is your last week to trade Charbonnet at a premium. You know, like we stinks. We wanted him to be better than than Kenneth Walker. I saw someone put it out there as like. You know, as soon as you get that new toy, you want him to be out there. You prefer him over Kenneth Walker because Kenneth Walker was what was already there. And then Charbonnet's like, dude, trade him. Charbonnet in a second for a first. You know, this is one of your last weeks where you're going to be able to start him. These teams that are really you, you. Another thing that I look to do this time of year, Snook, and I know you do it too, is is if you got those guys you're trying to unload, you look at those guys that are fringe playoffs, right? Those guys that are in that five, six, seven. You know, and you say, you know what? I'll give you, I'll give you Charbonnet in a second for your first, or I'll give you Jerome Ford in a second for your first. And that first could end up being, you know, 105, 106. And in this class, you're going to get your guy, you're going to get maybe neighbors at 105, or you're going to get, you know, Ibuqua at 107. Like you're going to get some of these guys that it's just going to reset your roster. Now's the time where if you have those stashes, like we were talking about, I mean, right now I have one where James Conner's my RB9. I don't need these guys. You know, you don't want to give them, you don't want to give your opponents too much, but it's a matter of if you start getting those extra picks, go ahead and get in there. Yep. Um, you talked about Joe Burrow, and I think Joe Burrow is the 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 quintessential guy here where a lot of people are sitting there with Joe Burrow and their roster, you know, and, and they're like, man, I, I just don't want to trade Joe Burrow, but I need to stay relevant in the playoffs. You made a trade. I know you were talking about Stroud. I've been trying to make some trades in, in that similar area. You almost got to look at, I mean, if you can go out and you can get Dak Prescott plus Kyler Mill, Kyler Murray straight up, CJ Stroud, and you you add a little bit onto there, I think that's a, that's a move you have to make this time of year where it's like, I, I'm drawing the line at Trevor Lawrence. I don't think I'm paying Trevor Lawrence. Like, I would have to be, he's looked good the last couple of weeks, but I'd need something pretty serious. But if I could get Dak, Kyler, CJ Stroud, 
Herbert, anything in that area, add a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'm okay moving Joe Burrow, you know, and I know that's crazy because you want to keep him there. But that injury, you know, he's not helping you out on your team. you got to get somebody that's going to put up points. And this is not the time. I mean, who are you going to buy? You know, the teams that have Brock Purdy, Jordan Love, Sam Howell, maybe you could get them for a first. But is that really who you want to trust your fantasy playoffs on? For me, no. I want to go in, and that's a position where I'm willing to – that's one where I will bite the bullet because Kyler Murray by this time next year isn't going to be that far off of where Joe Burrow is. Yeah, I mean, oh, I've traded Burrow. I have him. I think he was my second most owned dynasty quarterback right behind Herbert. Mm-hmm. I, I had a ton of shares of both of those guys. Like, I think I was like almost at 50% on Herbert and like 40-something on Burrow, and I'm in like 26 leagues. So that's a, that's a lot to have a, on a quarterback that you're relying on to give you like top three numbers. He just hasn't been doing it all season. Something about Burrow just looked awful. He looked off. He started to bounce back, and then he got hurt. He got that hand injury. Now he's done. So the Bengals are probably going to get get that star tackle that they once dreamed of, or they take maybe a wide out with that premium pick. They're going to get a top 10 pick. Maybe they stack up neighbors with Chase because they're going to lose Higgins, but we don't know what's going to happen, but that's good to give some firepower to Burrow. I'm buying him on rebuilds. If not, oh for sure, I'm, I'm going – I'm not – I'm not doing like the the anything after like maybe Kyler. I w- maybe Dak if I can get like a first plus, but like I'm not gonna go to. I'm gonna go to like at least like maybe Lawrence or Kyler Murray. And get if like if you're trading Burrow, guy. like if you yeah. go out there, you 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 take a shot with your picks and your other players, and you go after Brock Purdy, you go after Jared Goff, you go after those kind of guys. Yeah, you know, I need a lot though to get to go from and, like. Burrow to Purdy or Burrow to Goff, I think. Mark Andrews, I think, has been the toughest one for me because it's like, okay, yeah, I'm looking at it and almost every roster, you know, like I do have Dalton Schultz on almost every roster behind him and I have Pat Fryermuth and I have Taysom Hill and those kind of guys. But it's like, I want Hawkinson. I want Kelsey. I want Kincaid. I want, you know, McBride even. I've been making some trades. You know, I traded Geno and uh, Musgrave for Trey McBride the other day. I'm trying to trade. I'm willing to add a second on top of Mark Andrews to get to TJ Hawkinson. I'm trying to do that for Kincaid. I'm trying to do that for Laporta. The one guy that keeps sticking out in my mind that I'm buying cheap is David Njoku. David Njoku has been phenomenal over the last month. And it's just that that tight end position is so tough. You don't want to be the guy stuck with with Kate Otten in your starting lineup for the championship. You don't want to have Kyle Pitts in that area. It's like it dies so hard after the top eight, top nine. You really got to make a move. And as much as it hurts, you got to trade Mark Andrews. You got to make yourself, even if it's a move where you, you, you know, I have one right now where I'm trying to trade Lamar and Mark Jack, Mark, uh, Lamar and Mark Andrews to get Burrow and, and Chase. You know, like I'm trying to like, you know, balance it all out because you got to get creative. And if you guys want to do those things, I mean, make sure you guys check out the Patreon, hit us up on there. Um, check us out on Twitter. Make sure you guys are reaching out because some of these trades are difficult. Like to try to sit here and, and negotiate and break them all down is, it is tough to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're trying to really get that going the whole way across the board. couple quick guys that everybody in the Patreon is asking. I got to get your quick hitter analysis on Cooper cup dealing with multiple ankle injuries now on both sides. You know, data favors that he will play this week, but man, he has just been ice cold. Guys were telling me they got Keenan Allen straight up for him. I don't care if Cooper Cup's a little bit younger. Like, that's a smash. If you can get yourself into that area, I would even do DeAndre Hopkins in that area. Like, Cooper Cup right now, as much as I love the wide receiver, like, I have moved him outside my top 20 dynasty wide receivers, and I am trying to get 
I'm trying to add to Cup to get Pittman. I'm trying to, you know, do whatever I can to, to trade Cup into Devontae Adams. I'm trying to get mm-hmm. it into Keenan Allen. I'm trying to get Debo Samuel. I'm trying to get those kind of guys. Because to me right now, Cooper Cup yeah. is not washed as a wide receiver, but he's done for 2022, 2023. I think he's just looks so so not himself this whole year even yeah. like he came back he had two great games and then it's been just like he's not even playable and i was one of the guys buying the dip like crazy so he's just been hurting me left and right in my lineups i don't know dad like he's on that trajectory towards eventually very soonly becoming a washed wide receiver that's gonna hit that that cliff i think for as talented as he was all it takes is those injuries at that age and they just build up, build up, build up. It's, it's the hamstring. Now it's ankle yeah. angle. Now it's, it's, he just can't a, play at that ages. high level anymore. He just can't. And it's not even like he still has that connection with Stafford. They're mm-hmm. not on the same page. They're not together. Like they, they missed that touchdown together. Mm-hmm. It's like he's leaning on Puka. So Cooper cups, a guy I'm going to just try to sell, go turn him in. I, you look at Adams and you look at Adams. You're like, all right, this guy is still one of the best receivers in the league. He looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's, breaking everybody's ankles he's a good quarterback away from having a top two to three season and he's still playing at a high level with like Aiden McConnell Jimmy G and like Brian Hoyer those were his quarterbacks this year mm-hmm. and he's still like a top 10 guy that's like the difference for me it's like he's more on that like back end of Julio Jones career Allen Robinson and all those guys that just got the injuries and started to not be able to play at the high level versus like the D hops and the Adams and the Keenan Allens that are just still so elite, still look phenomenal on the field and are performing with no quarterback. So yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very mad about it. And I've been like thinking, like looking at him on my roster like, what am I going to do with you? Because before you know it, I'm going to, he's going to be like an MT, you know, everyone's going to be like, Oh, he's going to bounce back this year. Or that year he's hurt. This year. I think he's fine for next year. I don't, I, think, I don't I really, think so too. I still think he's a great player, but the yeah. injuries are just keeping him off the field. And mm-hmm. that's like, and when I you're, think at, he, you're getting to he that age too early. Yeah. When you're getting to that age, like when you're just in that, like those early thirties, like it, you start to, your body starts to break down a little bit. You're not that same 28, 27 year old prime receiver you once were. Like Keenan Allen's been playing as a unicorn. He's like 32 yeah. and he's about to have a career year. After all those years of everyone seeing like Keenan Allen's crazy years, he's so elite. He's having his best year ever and it's 32 year old season. So love it's it. Weird how it works. <laughs> Two other quick guys here. And like when we're looking at this, looking at the guys that, you know, they're, they have to win this week. They have to win next week. And for me, it's like, I'm trying to, you know, I'm touching base with the guy that has T Higgins. I'm touching base with the guy that has Chris Olave. I'm touching base with those guys that, you know, they're in a must win situation and they, they feel like they might not have Dallas Goddard who they say might return this week. It's like, you start to look at those guys and you're like, you know what? I can afford the risk of sitting with Dallas Goddard for the next two weeks. Cause I'm on by, I can afford Chris Olave sitting this week, you know? And I think that's one thing where the more I play dynasty, the more I realize these weeks, 13 and 14 are absolutely huge for just extracting as much value, making your moves count and just going after those guys. You know, we always talk about cashing in on those guys in startups, getting their 24 first, getting their 25 first. Now it's the same thing. Like these teams that think they can still win, you know, they're, they're willing to give you Chris Olave for someone that's, you know, maybe maybe you can go out and you can trade them Jordan Addison for Chris Olave, you know, and maybe you throw a little bit their way. Or 
Jordan Addison's a bad example because he's on bye. But, you know, a DK Metcalf type where he's he's been struggling, but you get a guy in that roster. A Nico Collins, you know, a uh, Christian Kirk plus type of deal where you're like, yo, you really need to win this week. This is what I'm willing to give you, you know. So I, I know you make a lot of those kind of moves. I do as well. We just wanted to kind of share some of that with you guys. Any parting shots here on, you know, what you're looking to do week 13 and 14? Because it, it's a tricky, tricky game. You and I both do it a lot where every single week we're like, I want to look at every single roster. I spent about two hours today going through all of them. And it's like, all right, this guy. And, and the tricky part, the part that's maddening to me is people don't understand when they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, there's one guy, he has he has Kelsey, Kamara, um, Keenan Allen. And I'm like, hey, man, I was like, I got X, Y, and Z. I got the picks. He goes, no, I'm going to keep them for next year. And I'm like, man, like you, you just want to shake them a little bit. You're like, no, that's not the way to play Dynasty. You know, trade them yeah. to me. That way I can win. Yep, exactly. Yeah, I mean, just like you said, Dad, now's the time. You should know by now if you're in playoffs or not. If you're on the verge and you need to get in that playoff spot, start making moves. Don't don't bite on them and hold on to value. Don't hold on the prize. It's okay to lose a trade a little bit to get the guy you need that's going to put you over the top. I've made like 10 trades in the past two days, and probably 50% of them aren't a trade I would have made midseason. But now it's time where I have teams that are first and second seeds, lost Jonathan Taylor, lost Joe Burrow, and now I need to get on my horse and make moves fast to stay that top competitor and get players that are going to produce at a high level. Keenan Allen's a great option because if there's a team that's not making the playoffs right now, or even like an Alvin Kamara, if there's a guy that's not making playoffs, like there, there's a good chance neither of those players, like maybe they, they lose a ton of value again going into the offseason. So try to use that and try to use what you know and negotiate back and forth with them and don't be afraid to give up a little a little more than normally for those type of players to, to put you at that top competitor that you once were. I love it. Make sure you guys hit us up on Twitter, hit us up, check out the Patreon right now. We got a preview up there on the, on the site. So it's back. It's uh, www.patreon backslash smash except check it out. It's the shell to get into all the content that we've been putting out there, mm -hmm. give you all of our sit starts, give you everything that we've been going over and really, really put you in position for these last couple of weeks. Yep. If you have tons of trades, I mean, I, I, this week has been nuts because people are like, here's my whole team. Let's mm -hmm. break it down. We have things, different tiers set up where like literally if you want to start the rebuild process, if you want to go all in, we'll break it down for you. So check it out. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Woo! Good stuff.